What's up, everyone? My name is Wes, and you're listening to the Ear Coffee Podcast. In today's episode, I got to chat with Nick from the dream pop band Sleeping Jesus. The band released their long-in-the-works debut album, Leave the Party Early, in July of this year. Nick talked about his musical growth, how playing with a band differs from working solo, the record's inspirations, and more. Without further ado, here's my interview with Nick of Sleeping Jesus on the Ear Coffee Podcast. How are we doing on this? Pretty hot, at least in Minneapolis, uh, Tuesday. Yeah, hot enough. I'm doing really good. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. So uh, just for folks at home who maybe aren't familiar with Sleeping Jesus or just kind of get us on the same page, uh, let's start with an introduction. What's your name? What is your role in the band Sleeping Jesus? And... uh, any other information you feel we should need to know before we get deeper into the music? Sure. Um, my name's Nick. I uh, do a lot of like the songwriting and um, sing and play guitar in the band. Um, yeah, we're a five piece. Um, um, yeah. Half of us lives in Minneapolis now. The other half lives in Winona. Cool. Um, why don't you introduce the other four members of the band as much as you yes. can, just since they are... Uh, more due to the time and convenience. It's hard to corral six people all together. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, so we've got Tyler Steinley, who plays drums. And uh, Andy Bauer, he plays bass. He's the other member that lives in Minneapolis. Um, and Seamus St. Clair is a guitar player and does backing vocals. And Dante DeGrazia is a keyboardist and backing vocalist as well. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so I find that pretty much any musician, anyone I talk to who has gone to the full length of putting themselves out there, writing, recording, performing their music, probably has a pretty close connection with just music, both as a listener and just as just a person in this world. So I want to know, um, how did you first really connect with music on a maybe deeper level? And uh, when was it maybe the first time you really felt like it was yours versus something that like was being shown to you or was just like out in the world and you were aware of, but like really something you're like, I'm, I love this. This is something that I want to do. And those are the first kind of baby steps we all take going down the route to making music and just going from there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Honestly, like I first was like really introduced to music as a percussionist in grade school. So like fifth grade. Fifth grade band, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, I got really into it and started learning the drum set like pretty much that same year. And then I feel like, you know, you go through school and you kind of uh, lose interest in stuff for a little while and you come back to it or whatever. And honestly, when I after I graduated high school, I like really came back to it and was interested in like performing and I had gotten into like singer-songwriters like Dylan and Leonard Cohen and stuff like that. That was like, I think I uh, picked up the harmonica first. I was like, melodic instrument because I didn't really play any melodic instruments as a percussionist back then. And I think soon after that, uh, my heavy Dylan phase, I learned how to play guitar. And then I started getting into like, um, you know, indie rock bands like The Strokes. And uh, uh, beach fossils, beach house, stuff like that. And further wanted to like start writing my own songs and um, like dive into those types of styles and figure out how 
meet other musicians and that's kind of how it started. Cool. Um, so how did, I'm going to put this in quotes, uh, but the band mm-hmm. initially formed because the first, at least I think for sure two EPs, the first couple of releases were pretty much just you writing and recording and playing everything. Um, but yeah, how did you kind of get started with the Sleeping Jesus name and start recording and releasing the EPs that uh, are out there? Um, we'll talk about more of those in a sec. And then uh, how did the current lineup of the band kind of come to be with this kind of full band era of Sleeping Jesus that's been happening over the past few years? Yeah. Um, so yeah, right away, like 2015, I like was getting more comfortable with wanting to put music out in the world, like the idea of it, at least. And I recorded the our first EP, Perennial, like in that year leading up to 2016. And then I kind of used that actually as my capstone project for college, the release. So that was cool. And that's actually how I met uh, the other first member of Sleeping Jesus, which is Tyler, the drummer. He is the only other person that's been with the group since the very beginning played the first show and has been there ever since. So that's been really cool. Um, and then eventually we had a few other members, uh, Ross Nixon played bass and Chris Ware played guitar for a little bit for like the first year. And then I met, uh, Andy Bauer who joined on bass that, um, fall. He played our, uh, his first show with us, I think, with opening for the Staves. Oh, cool. This, like this really random thing that happened yeah. in the cross. It was really cool. Um, but yeah, that was like his first show with us. So uh-huh. it was kind of like a, a little stressful, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I, I would imagine. Yeah. And then, um, I let's see, that would be like end of 2016, kind of when he joined. And then that following uh, spring, I recorded the uh, second EP by myself as well. But I did that at the Pearl in Minneapolis. And um, I'm trying to think who joined. I think that would have like a, maybe like a year, partway through that year, Seamus joined on guitar. And, um, and he was really close with Dante, the keyboardist. And, like wanted to incorporate him into the band. And I was like really stoked on it. I knew Dante from like his other projects in town. And yeah, that's kind of how the f- full band sort of came together just slowly. And then ever since then, that's like 2018-ish. We've kind of been, uh, you know, growing and figuring out how to do this as like a full band. And, you know, we've, over the pandemic, we've, recorded our first full length and put it out and now we're getting deeper into like working on stuff together and i think that's been really exciting yeah um when you were first writing especially like home recording and like or not even home recording with the second ep but working on those first couple eps by yourself was it always kind of a long-term idea to have like a full band versus just like the people you kind of play with for live shows and kind of still have, like have you just do the recording and versus like the case with uh the album that we're going to talk about um where everybody's actually like playing and recording on it it's like it's a full mm-hmm. band effort i think right away i was like maybe considering it not even putting a band together for the project and just releasing stuff like online 
but then I maybe thought about like, oh, is it like a solo project or what is it going to be? Like what form is it going to be? But it just always levitated towards um, being a band for me. And like now everybody who's in it is like very important to me as like a person too. So I would just rather keep it going as like a collaborative thing now. Yeah. No, I, I totally get that. Um, yeah. Talking just a little bit more about those first EPs, obviously Perennial was the debut, came out in April of 2016, and Hash Plants followed the next year. Um, those, like, kind of listening to some songs from those uh, over the last week, they were felt a little bit more, like, indie rocky, a little bit more guitar-driven. Um, mm-hmm. Makes sense that you mentioned Beach Fossils. I was trying to kind of place my finger on, like, this feels like kind of like that 2010s, very, like, very hooky uh, indie rock, indie pop. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas like the, especially the new album, but even since then, the band has become a little bit more atmospheric, a little bit more like synth and like keyboard driven. Not that guitar still isn't a key part of it. Um, but as you were kind of getting into the new kind of era of the band with the full uh, lineup, was that kind of shift in sound something you were more conscious of? Or was that just kind of when you were first making those couple EPs, just something you were... Were just, like the influences just kind of seeped in and they weren't really like super present in your brain, I guess. Yeah. I think with like the newer stuff, we were like, so like I, would, I wrote a lot of the songs for the new album on guitar. But then I think when we, when it became time to like record stuff, it was like important to like almost tear everything apart and figure out a new way to like record it. And like a lot of that, is like our the guy Mike Noyce who we worked with as a producer on the record. Um, he kind of like helped push us away from um, doing things in a comfortable way and like reworking things and um, pushing pushing our limits, I guess. So I think that's where the album sound kind of came from, like us wanting to try something completely different, and him just his mind kind of just goes that way directly. Yeah. He just kind of like helped. Like, I don't say like shepherd and like, that sounds like it's kind of diminishing the creativity of the band themselves. No, he got, but he like, definitely died. Yeah. Guiding and like collaborating on that, um, which is something that a good producer can often do. Um, mm-hmm. I do briefly want to just take a second to talk about lay, uh, the single y'all put out in 2019, just cause that was at least my introduction to the band. Um, oh, cool. and was that, the first track or uh that actually featured other members of the band even if it wasn't entirely the current lineup or yeah, the previous was. year okay um that yeah. was, uh, dante wasn't yet with the group but yeah like everybody else okay yeah uh, it was also the first song we did with mike yeah talk a little bit about how that kind of came together especially <clears throat> given how important it sounds like mike uh was to the new record how did that connection kind of start to formulate and um especially I love asking people about their older music. Like, how do you still kind of think about that song and some of those earlier songs? Um, having just put out like a, such a new kind of definitive sound for the record and uh, with the the album, um, how do you look back at those earlier songs? Um, not just Lay, but we can talk a little bit more about that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so, like with Lay, um, that something uh, came about. We. We have this friend, Justin Green, who uh, lived in Eau Claire, and he ran a studio. It's not open anymore, but um, 
we had become friends with him, played shows with his band, and he invited us out to like, you know, track a few songs and see what we came up with. And I think he had recently connected with Mike um, about like Mike coming in and maybe doing like a some producing while Justin engineered. So that was kind of what happened. Uh, Justin was like, hey, would it be cool if Mike uh, came in and, you know, produced the session? And we were like, sure, that sounds great. And so, you know, showing up there, that was the first time we met Mike and we just hit it off really well with him. And um, we were like all inspired, I think, working with him. Like he, he, uh, he pushed us in a cool, in like in a fun direction, like outside of our boundaries, outside of our comfort zone for sure. And I think we were looking for that. Um, and uh, Honestly, it was kind of crazy, like, the day after we we were there for, like, two or three days. And the day after that, I, like, started getting really sick. And then had, like, pneumonia. I was, like, laid up in bed for a week. And then I was, like, continued to get worse. And ended up in um, the uh, ICU for over a week spent my like 20 i think it was like my 26th birthday in the icu it was yeah it was like horrible time in my and everything but uh and then i hadn't you know chatted with mike i because i just sort of fell off the face of the earth for a little bit and then you know finally reconnecting with him after i was well and the, the band and I, like, I think we ended up going to Milwaukee where he was based at the time to like throw a few finishing touches on lay. And, um, yeah, just got to become really good friends with him. And, um, yeah, he's like one of my closest buds now. Kind of which is really cool. was able to get a feel for the band and kind of, that makes sense that you'd kind of like some of you already have a pre-established connection with and a little bit like, kind of a shared musical language to work on the record together. Yeah. When we just kind of jived and he like wanted to do something that was like poppy and we wanted to do something that was, that was poppy sounding. And it just kind of, it just kind of worked out. Honestly, it was, it was, it's been a really great collaboration. Yeah. Um, cool. Let's jump into the record. It's called leave the party early came out in <clears throat> July this past summer. Um, this is kind of wild and I, I, it's always kind of fun when bands kind of take a, a little bit longer to actually put out a debut. Cause like the band has still been like around for uh, six years, putting out music pretty much consistently the whole time, but it's still the debut album is such like a big deal. Just kind of historically. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, like, was it just kind of like waiting for the right time and right folks to put out like a debut album, just waiting for the songs to really kind of gestate and, get to a point where you want to like bring them out and have people be able to listen to them and everything. Um, and we'll obviously talk more, uh, in depth yeah. about the record too. Um, yeah, honestly, like I've, I think I wanted to put out a full length record like a long time ago and I'm sure, you know, as a musician yourself, how, <laughs> um, yeah, how, how much time it takes to like, it's something that you're proud of together. But like, I feel like things just kind of happened and, you know, life kind of happened. 
Um, like after I was sick, you know, it took me a while to get my bearings back, back in 2018. And then, you know, we, we started recording, um, leave the party early at the, in like the fall of 2019. So we were like, all right, we're going to put this baby out in 2020. And obviously we know, we know what happens then. And yeah, that's the whole thing just sort of dragged on. It's like, well, let's uh, take our time with it. Cause there's no, there's no rush to put this thing out. And um, everybody's trying to like figure out the COVID landscape and um, keep their life together and stay healthy and figure out job things and figure out what, what you're doing when you're spending time at home so much now. And, and yeah, it just kind of was like, okay, I guess we're going to, you know, it's going to take a, a while for us to put this out but this year it finally felt like okay i think we can put this out like we can do a couple proper tours with it and uh you know do a release show even though you're still worried about uh you know covid Jesus. but i don't know this year felt a little bit easier to come back come back to life that's what i feel like we just kind of been like not just sitting on our hands for the last three years, but almost kind of, you know, like it's when you have like an album in the pipeline, it's hard to like, you know, you want to put it out into the world and it can be like kind of hard to work on more songs for mm -hmm. like another album. Yeah. When you still can have, you're still, uh, have stuff that hasn't even been released yet, even if it's been yeah. written and recorded like on the brain. I don't, yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't want to call it a barrier, but like it's definitely yeah, a very conscious part. Yeah. Yeah. And like all of us were working on like solo stuff and things like that. So it's not like we weren't working on other music, but just for this project, it was like, well, uh, let's just wait until the time feels right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if the, since it sounds like the band was like, you're really gearing up to take the album into the studio and kind of start working these songs out in a more final version in or all the way back in 2019, um, what was the actual timeline for a lot of these songs? Just like asking you as like the primary kind of composer and lyricist and whatnot. And um, also just like taking the time to bring everybody else into the fold and have them contribute their parts, bring their ideas to the table. Like when did these songs really kind of first start to take shape? Yeah. So like most of these songs, I feel like were written at the beginning of 2019. I went through that spring and summer and um when i think there were probably like six of the songs or something out of the nine maybe that were ready by that fall so it was like kind of actively writing like some of the songs i didn't write till the summer of 2020 just with the way things were going but uh yeah it was like us figuring it out through that summer of 2019 i think if i remember and like we did some we did pretty much all the recording like at home sort of vibe or in uh, Mike's like studio space. We couldn't do drums there. So we had to do drums at home. And um, yeah. And honestly, one of the songs calm down it's morning is like a super old song that we had reworked. And we actually did a recording of that on that same session with lay, but we, we ended up scrapping it just cause we it didn't feel quite right. Yeah, so that one's kind of like 
has been babied over the years for some odd reason. And it was, it finally made sense to put out with this album, I think. Yeah. Um, how is your songwriting process and like kind of how, when you are sitting down to kind of take, you know, take pen to paper to use the metaphor or really just kind of start fleshing the bones of a song out. Um, has that process changed a lot since you were, especially doing everything like solo recording at home with the first uh, releases under Sleeping Jesus? Um, what kind of growth or changes have you noticed if, if really any, or kind of has the process stayed pretty tried and true just speaking to you uh, as a songwriter? Yeah, like uh, right away, it was like me with the guitar, figuring stuff out, figuring and then like really kind of trying to figure out everything in my head before recording anything. And then, you know, maybe figuring out like lead parts and stuff like that at once you're like partway through the recording process. And that was like the first uh, two EPs and first single we put out. Um, And Lay was similar in a way, like, but we did... We did a lot of that record, like demoing as a band. Um, but then like for this album, I wanted to like, I, I kind of went back, to, tried to go back to like some of the same uh, spot that I was like digging from for the first EP that we put out because that just felt like comforting in a way. So I was like, <clears throat> trying to write songs that can sound good with like just an acoustic guitar and a voice. That was my goal anyway, even though they are like completely not that now, but that was kind of the goal with that. And then uh, like through the pandemic, I got really into like um, making like beats and like stuff like that in uh, Ableton and like started songwriting that way, like coming up with a, a song without a song first, if that makes sense, like a, like a, like a beat driven sort of thing. And then like writing melodies and all that stuff later. And that was really refreshing, but now I've kind of gotten back to like lately, just the acoustic guitar and yeah, kind of vocal. that same principle where it's like, yeah, if it sounds good with this super minimal kind of approach and where it's, like you, you're, you're kind of forcing yourself to focus on like the core song. Yeah. Like, I don't want to say like distracting with all like the additional instruments and everything that like fleshes out a song really makes it what it is. But like that, if the core is good, then the rest of it's probably going to be good too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what were some of your inspirations and like kind of like reference points, um, whether conscious or unconscious, um, both like writing the lyrics and kind of coming up with like the emotional conceptual through line of the album and also just like especially growing the band musically just with all that all the other members really connecting and getting in the fold and then working with mike um mm-hmm. it feels like a very late summer album to me and that's not just because it came out in july which is kind of <laughs> bridging into that um it's very like humid it's kind of like grasping for something and it's like that's at least to my ears kind of like some of the I- things i was picking up on so I'm curious, like, I don't know if those were also things you were conscious of and trying to, like, intentionally write and convey with the songs or kind of where you were at when you were first putting these these tracks together. Yeah, um, I kind of wanted it to be, like, a youthful um, summer sort of feeling. Like, I just turned 30, so, like, a lot of it's about, 
even though I was like 27, probably when some of these songs were written, it's like that feeling of leaving your 20s behind and like grasping at things to hang on to that still make you feel young, even though you're still young. Yeah. (laughs) Leaving your 20s is, I mean, again, I'm also like looking ahead. I'm I'm only 25, so I'm not there yet. But like, it's something you're kind of preemptively conscious of where you're like, yeah, this is a big step. Um, like just cause I can rent a car now isn't as much, but like leaving the whole decade behind. Right. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you, you go through school, college and you know, you leave that lifestyle behind and then like you're, uh, you're figuring things out after that. And I think this, I think the record is like trying to figure things out, how to, how to still uh, feel youthful and, um, do things that remind you and make you happy about, you know, daydreaming about things in the past. Yeah. Even if you're no. leaving the party earlier than you used to, like, that's already something I'm getting to relate to. It's like, is this show starting at 10? Like, <laughs> yeah. starting at 10 and there's five bands? Why would I do that? Like, <laughs> like you, you, that kind of seeps in a little bit, just like mm-hmm. as you age, just both with like, just any kind of interaction, going out, doing stuff. Um yeah yeah Um, and like a lot you know sound wise this is like a collaborative part on everybody's part or everybody's end to like come up with something that we're all proud of and so there's like a lot of compared to our uh old releases of this project like this is like very much a step forward for us i feel like creatively um everybody having a voice that was like really important and uh that's going to be really important going forward for us too. Like as we're working, as we're working on new stuff right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like you're getting the group together and everybody's kind of solidifying in their roles and like feeling like more of a band. That's hard, hard to sometimes kind of perceive, but it it's always happening. Um, yeah. What are some of the, like just speaking to you personally, um, some of like the highlights and also kind of the flip side like the particular challenges you had to overcome while working on the record, what looking back at it, listening back, um, if you've been able to, I know you've probably heard it a lot of times, um, just creating it and everything. But um, yeah, what were some of like the highlights and challenges from the writing and creation recording process? All sure. all the good stuff. Yeah, like some of the challenges honestly honestly were like mostly due to the to the pandemic and I'm I moved to Minneapolis during the pandemic with my wife and being apart from the band for the first time was weird. So I was like figuring how to navigate that, but also knowing that we couldn't play or do really anything together anyway at the time. But it's like, we had a lot of um, the tracks, like, you know, drums and bass and guitars and stuff were all like laid down but they just kind of needed to be formed and molded a little bit and new stuff needed to be added or whatever. So we had that, a lot of that stuff early on. And then it felt like basically all of 2020, like it was hard to get it anywhere. Hard to like move it further along just because everybody was trying to figure their lives out. And, but then one of the highlights during making the record was like, we got together in August of 2020 for like five days. My uh, wife's family has a, f- a family farm in Northfield. So we spent like a week out there away from everybody and just hanging together again. 
getting the band back together sort of vibe out in the country. And like, that was like such a great experience for us. And that's kind of how we brought the tracking at least across the finish line. Yeah. There's, there's nothing like living in a farm with your bandmates and your closest buds. It's, yeah. It was it's such, such a <laughs> so cool. Um, cool. Uh, maybe this is like, I mean, it's always interesting to hear. I'm sure what people are kind of as listeners are picking up on and kind of taking away from an album. Um, but what do you, if anything, want listeners to kind of come away with after spending some time with leave the party early? Um, any like particular things you're like, I really hope people are feeling this or kind of coming away with this takeaway after listening to the nine tracks. Yeah. Um, we wanted the first track to be a little jarring, especially compared to our old stuff. So I think, I guess I would just want people to be like, have an open mind about it. And like, even if it maybe takes a couple listens to like figure out what's figure out what's going on or what we are going for. I think a lot of like the songs are still really, um, you know, based in like we talked about before, just like they're just songs at the end of the day, but there's a lot of like cool production, I think going on in the, in the album that can maybe be distracting on first listen, but yeah, I would say just being open-minded. Yeah. No, it, it, especially the production is something that like on like repeat listens kind of starts to really, you can kind of like sink into the, the song's vibe a little bit more and like those kind of cooler things, like other parts of like guitar and bass and everything and how it all fits together starts to become a little bit more apparent. So yeah, that's always fun when you kind of, you can pick out new things after even listening like only like two or three times. Mm -hmm. Um cool fantastic uh like we said earlier and probably have said throughout uh, the album's called leave the party early it's available on all streaming services it's on Bandcamp. um is there any i think there's some physical media for all the old people out there and myself included <laughs> what was that is there any like physical media because like obviously everything yeah, is digital. Like it's on CD, Bandcamp. cds and tapes are available cool. on our Bandcamp. yeah fantastic um so just in general uh, if you can think of something, describe a moment when you really felt like Sleeping Jesus as a band, as a project, was accomplishing or kind of fulfilling what you wanted it to, whether it was just like a really ecstatic and wonderful moment at like a live show or kind of the transcendence of listening to like first mixes back and really like kind of taking it all in. You're like, yeah, this is what this is going to sound like and kind of really seeing what the album's turning into. Um it's like a moment like that where you're really, I guess your, your pride kind of skyrockets. You just feel like, yes, this is what I want this to sound like. This is what I want this to do and be. Yeah. Um, during our release show at the turf club this last month, like I feel like uh, we had played like the best we'd ever played. We've sounded as close to what I can imagine we can sound like as possible. And I was just like really proud of, um, what we've accomplished over the last few years, like working on the record. And it felt like such an amazing uh, send off for the album, like something that we love and have put so much work into and to like get to celebrate it with a lot of our friends and also people that we don't know. That was such, it was just a highlight for all of us. We had the most amazing time. Killer. 
especially for like an album release show, you always want that to go just so well, and it's rad to hear whenever it does. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, so what does the future hold for Sleeping Jesus? I know you've already talked about working on new songs with the band, hopefully at least taking a little bit of a breath after finally putting this album out and getting to kind of take it all in and give yourself a little bit of a break maybe. But um, yeah, what what's kind of in the immediate future and the long term for you in the project? Um, well, we, we have like, we're working on setting up some more Minneapolis shows and we're doing our Winona release show for the album on October 15th. Uh, yeah. Don't want to forget about the, the hometown, the hometown, you know? Yeah. 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 And uh, I'm right now I'm working on a tour for us in November. We're going to go out East and Southeast. So that'll be really fun. We haven't toured since before the pandemic. So that's going to be really exciting. And uh, yeah, we're looking at starting to demo our next uh, project, whatever that's going to be. We've got some songs ready. So cool. Yeah. Always keep moving. Um, yep. Fantastic. Uh, so I love to end interviews in the same way, just kind of like I like to have a uniform start. Um, especially since uh, we haven't talked to a lot of folks from Winona. I don't, you, we've done a lot of interviews. So there maybe are some other Winona bands we've chatted with, but this might, you, Sleeping Jesus might be the first, at least in a while. Um, but who are some like other like local uh, bands, either from the cities or from Winona, that you just kind of want to shout out that you're big fans of, whether it's like other projects that you or band members are in or just stuff you're really excited about? Um, just yeah. shouting out some friends, spreading the love. Uh, yeah. <laughs> our, our buds, our uh, buds, Karate Chop Silence, are from Winona. Yes, they uh, are. Dante, <laughs> our, our keyboardist, Dante, and our guitar, Seamus, play in that group too. And they're having their uh, second annual Karate Camp Festival this upcoming weekend. So we're stoked to play that. And like they did an amazing job last year. So I can't wait to see what happens this year. Um, God, there's so many cool bands, but uh, I'm excited. We're going to be playing a couple shows with Creeping Charlie from Minneapolis. I'm really excited to see them live. And uh Yeah. Yeah, I I know it could feel like you can we can go on forever just like listing <laughs> bands from like Spotify or Bandcamp. Um, cool, fantastic. Uh, thank you so much, Nick. Um, where can people find Sleeping Jesus besides just like on streaming? Like how how can we stay tuned for yeah, shows and gigs and everything? We're like most active on Instagram. Probably we do the TikTok and all that stuff too. But Instagram's probably the place to find us. <laughs> fantastic. Um, yeah, uh, check out the album if you haven't. Um, everywhere uh buy a tape if you're feeling nostalgic um thank you so much for taking time out of your afternoon to chat nick yeah thank you so much for having me the ear coffee podcast is a companion to the blog of the same name if you like this episode please leave us a rate and review so we can stand out among the other music podcasts you can follow us at twitter facebook and instagram at ear coffee thank you for listening we'll see you next time